0: Just finishing up the offering, so uh, thank you for uh, your giving. We had a great men's breakfast yesterday, by the way. Those of you that weren't here, you missed out on a good time and a good food and good fellowship, good time in the Word. And so, I think we're going to do one again on March eighteenth, uh, seven thirty. So, um, and you can also just contact the church if you'd like to get on a list to be contacted, or reminded of that. So. Uh, men, it just kind of come out, and we want to just encourage our men together to move up and out a new life of Jesus Christ. And so, that was a great time yesterday. And of course, Alpha has been going full full steam too, and we're thankful for that as well. And so, um, God is good, and we just give Him praise for that. Healthy habits, rest. It's funny, as a week that I'm preaching on rest, I had the two worst sleeps of my life on Friday night and on Saturday night. <laughs> And here I am, woo, you know. But thankfully, the team did a wonderful job and they brought my soul into a place of worship and, and I feel energized <laughs> despite that fact. But Canadians are frankly tired, you know that. Um, I, I read Angus Reed said in 2022, January 2022, that 35% of Canadians are feeling burned out right now. And we need this rest right? If you Google, you know, the health benefits of sleep, you'll get 584 million hits. If you Google the health benefits of rest, you'll get 825 million hits. So obviously people are looking for this answer in their life. Where do I find rest? And of course, you know, if, if you just think about your, your life and your body, what it does on a given day, it's no wonder we need rest. I mean, in the average 24-hour period, uh, for the average person of weight and height and weight, uh, your heart will beat 3,689 six, 3, times. Your blood will travel 168 million miles as your heart pumps approximately four ounces per beat. You will breathe 23,040 times, inhaling 438 cubic feet of air. Your stomach will take in three and a half pounds of food and 2.9 quarts of liquid, obviously American, sorry. You will lose seven-eighths of a pound of waste If you are a man, you will speak 4,800 words. If you're a woman, you will speak close to 7,000. 10,000? Come on, let's be honest here. (laughs) Some men, it's like 2,000, right? (laughs) You will move 750 muscles and exercise 7 million brain cells. No wonder we're tired. But the tiredness that we really need to talk about is that deep inner tiredness of the soul. It's not just the fatigue of having worked a long day or not gotten a good night's rest. It's not just the pressure of a work project or or an essay that's hanging over your head. It's that deeper gnawing of the soul that just drags you down. In the 1930s there was this cold case in New York a 45-year-old man who was a local judge, hailed the taxi, got into the taxi, and was never seen again. The FBI was investigating and, and looking in. Okay, you know, he, this, this judge had you know sent a few mafia guys to jail and he wondered maybe if that was part of it. Or, but they couldn't find any single clue to what happened to this man except for one clue. In his house, he had left on the table a large check written out to his wife And a note, and the note simply said this, I am very, very tired. Love, Joe. And that's all we have from this guy. And it never, never solved. You see, there was something deep. Some hurt. Some weight that he just couldn't cast off. So much so that he just disappeared. And you know I'm I'm grieved whenever people choose like suicide. I mean, during COVID there were people, young people, uh, young adults, young moms doing this, and, and it, just, it just I just was so mad. I was like, oh, I just wish that they would have called me or someone, or you know, found a church, or that they didn't have to be so alone in that moment that they felt that this was the best option for rest. And so when Jesus talks about rest, he invites us towards that type of rest. He's talking about the deep stuff. Not just the, oh, I'm tired, I I didn't sleep enough, I stayed up too late watching Netflix. That's not what he's talking about. He's, He's talking about that deep heaviness of heart that all of us carry in one way or another. In the book of Matthew chapter 11, the, the gospel's turning. John the Baptist is in prison and, 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 and Jesus is out doing his thing and, and John, the cousin of Jesus, is like, like, I'm not seeing what I thought I'd see for the Messiah. So he sends a message to, to Jesus' disciples from, from his disciples. Hey, hey like, are, are you the one? Jesus, like, is this, or, or should we be looking for someone else? And Jesus is like, look, the deaf hear, the blind see, the lame walk. Yes, I'm the one but even John in prison is wondering, yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not experiencing or, or seeing the things that I thought I would see. So, is this really it? And Jesus is like, yeah, it's it, but but Jesus said came, came for a different mission than what John just thought about political rest or social rest or, you know, Israelite rest. He he had a bigger idea in mind. Bigger than even John envisioned. In the chapter 11, he'll talk about the fact that the religious people didn't like John, they didn't like Jesus. He didn't fit into their little box. And and, and Jesus is, is like, yeah, I came for a different reason. I didn't come to jump through your hoops or, or, or to, to you know to, to do your little routine. I know you know if you go to the July first event here in Lloydminster, or if you're watching online, you know, there's other places where they have these where they even bring out the dogs. You know when the dogs come and they run through hoops and they run through a little tunnel and they go up and down a ramp, maybe on a a teeter-totter? These are all unnatural things for a dog to do, right? Like, this this is dogs doing things to entertain humans. Do you understand that? This is not inherent in a dog's nature. If they were doing natural things, they would be you know, rolling around in a pile of manure and you know, be sniffing at each other and digging up bones. and No, no, but you know, we've trained them to do things to entertain us. And the religious system of Jesus' day was a bunch of hoops and ramps and teeter-totters that people ran through. And if you couldn't quite run the route, you never measured up. And so they carried this burden of that. Jesus has revealed himself to, to bring freedom deliverance to people and and he even did all these miracles to show who he was and he 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 castigates a group of cities because they performed miracles and the people didn't believe in him he's like what else can i do i'm showing you the glory of god the power of the father i mean here we are you know it's changing people's lives and you're still not believing and then we get to verse 25 which is kind of the setup for verses 28 to 30 he says in verse 25 at that time jesus said i praise you father Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to little children. The intellectuals of his day didn't get it. I guess some things don't change, do they? Yes, Father, that was a joke if you wanted to laugh. (laughs) Yes, Father, for this was your gracious will. Verse 27, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son decides to reveal him. So this is the setup for verses 28. He's like, there's people walking around claiming to know God. Claiming to be in a relationship with the Father. With the almighty creator of the heavens and earth. But here I am revealing the Father to people and you're not receiving me. So if you don't receive me, you don't believe in me, you don't believe in the Father. You know, there's people that will say, oh yeah, I believe in God, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you talk about Jesus, oh wait, it's like, I don't know about Jesus. You know, I'm like, wait a second. Like, Jesus makes it pretty clear, like it's the Father and him or nothing. If you don't accept Jesus, then you don't accept God or the Father, right? And, and they're packaged, they go together. All these Jewish religious people had rejected Jesus. They rejected John the Baptist. They, they they totally missed the truth because they were so caught up running the super dog route that they missed that the king of kings was standing right in front of them. And so to people wearied by the religious rituals of their day, Jesus speaks this message, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So Jesus, first of all, recognizes that we need rest. He recognizes that we carry this weight on our shoulders. The idea of weariness is, is a perpetual weariness that doesn't go away, right? You know, you know, like we're weary and then we get a rest and we're weary and then we get away for a break and we're weary, but, but it's like this weariness that never, ever dissipates. The idea of the burden is something that's been thrown on your back, boom. Mm. And then you just feel the pain of that burden the whole time. It can't go away. This is the idea in the, the old book called Pilgrim's Progress. This guy, he's on this quest and he's looking for answers, trying to get rid of this burden. And he, and he can't, and he can't, and he can't, and he can't. And Jesus says to those that are in this situation, I can give you rest. I got a picture here. I mean, there, there, there he is, right? Can you imagine? He's carrying this firewood and, you know, up, 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 up a trail there. It's rocky. and I mean, this, you know, just, just feel the weight of life. And the reality is it doesn't go away. No matter what I do, I just feel it. I 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 feel it. And, and he says, come to me to be relieved of that burden, you need to come to me. And Jesus says, I will give you rest. I believe what he's talking about is the rest of salvation. The rest of believing in Jesus Christ for the promise of eternal life. It's the rest of of knowing that all your sins are forgiven on account of the Jesus Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection. It's the rest of knowing that you no longer have to be guilty or ashamed or carry the, you know, all that garbage from your past, that he will take that away when you believe in him. If you read through the New Testament, the idea of coming to Jesus and believing in Jesus are, are, are synonymous, interchangeable. This is the rest of salvation. knowing that you're okay. Now understand, if you grew up in a religious environment, you may not have known this rest because you were taught that in order to to, you know, to be right with God, you had to keep doing these things. Keep coming back, keep asking, keep groveling, keep, you know, and you never have rest in religion. You just have constant anxiety and and. and Tension and work and pressure because you're like, did I do enough? 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 And, and you never know if you did enough. But I got good news for you today because Jesus says, come to me, all of you. He doesn't put limitations on that. Anyone can come to Jesus and find this salvation rest. He doesn't say, come to me and I will give you rest. If you keep doing all these things that kind of in with me, and if you prove yourself to be faithful to the end, then you'll have rest. He just says, you come to me, and I give it to you. You got it. Rest. Rest in me. The rest of salvation. And when you find that rest, what you find is, one, your sins are forgiven. Two, you are accepted by God. You become part of his family forever, family. You have a seat at the table. Uh, You know, a bed to sleep in. I mean, you're you're in his home. You're not sleeping in the back woods in the old trailer that, you know, is, you know, mouse infested. You're in his house. You're you're his child. I was thinking about um, some friends I know that, you know, had adopted kids from other countries. Some of his kids came with some severe needs. Uh, One a couple families down in the States had adopted some kids from Russia. And of course, you know, they, they had adopted out some kids that, that you know, fetal alcohol, some other challenges physiologically and, and psychologically. You know, they'd gone through a lot of difficulties. And these kids come and those families adopt them. They're, they're, they're their kids. They have a place for them to sleep, a bed, clothes that are their very own. They sit at the table and eat with them. Why? Because they're part of the family. But those children oftentimes act out they're dealing with significant behavioral challenges. They don't always act like they are part of a loving family. But never do those families cease to love or accept or parent those kids, even when they're horrific and painful and difficult to have. And even when we don't always follow God's ways the right way and we do stupid things, he never stops loving us because the rest we have in Christ is a promise. And we carry that with us even when we choose to do dumb and things and walk the wrong way and not listen to our Father in heaven. We still are part of his family because this is the salvation rest he promises. Religion won't give you that rest, but Jesus does give you that rest. But he talks about a different type of rest in verse 29. Verse 29 he says to them, this is the second command. uh, It's two commands in verse 29. Take my yoke on you, on me, on on, on you and learn from me. So that's kind of a combined thing, right? So take my yoke upon me, learn from me because I'm gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your soul. So like what is he talking about? Now I I brought this chunk of wood and metal because it kind of looks like a yoke and uh, only you, sit, you know, farmers would know what this is, old farmers. But anyway, just imagine this is a yoke. It's got some hooks on the edge. I could carry loads of water or grain with this. It's not very comfortable. It's biting into my neck right now, even as I speak. I can feel the knot forming in my shoulder right now. I'm going to have to call a massage therapist after this. You know, this is the yoke that I carry right now. This is my life. And Jesus says, you're all carrying a yoke. For some of you, it's, it's the yoke of trying to please everyone or the yoke of anxiety or the yoke of fear or the yoke of performance, the yoke of religiosity, the yoke of success, the yoke of prosperity, the yoke of loneliness. Uh, have I covered all of you yet? Is there someone I'm missing? <laughs> you got a yoke on your back. And of course, an ideal yoke was, was carved out so it would just sit nicely on the hump of your shoulder and, and you could carry the weight and it would distribute it evenly across your back. But, but like the yokes we carry are not comfortable. They're painful. They drag us down, but we think this is the only way. And Jesus is like, take my yoke on you. It's way better than the one you're carrying. Why would I do that? Because Jesus is a way better taskmaster than you are. Your yoke will just cause you greater pain and discomfort and burden in life. But Jesus' yoke, he says, I'm going to give you rest for your souls. I will give you that peace in the most secret and inner place where you really need it. My yoke. This is the yoke of surrender, okay? You already are saved when you believe in Jesus Christ and come to him, but now Jesus says, I'm inviting you to to take it the next step and just follow me, walk with me, trust me, take that thing off your shoulders and, and, and take mine on your shoulders. It fits better, it's more comfortable. You'll find in verse 30, it's lighter. Will you just be my disciple? Because he says there in verse 30, for my yoke is easy to bear and my load is not hard to carry. You do carry a yoke in your life. It's how you live your life. It's how you navigate life. It's how you, you, you get through. And Jesus is like, I'm inviting you to follow me, to walk with me to fellowship with me, to to just to learn from me. And when you do that, you'll discover that this is way better than anything else I've tried. <clears throat> Nothing else works. Like the yoke that Jesus offers you. You know, you can imagine like, you've seen people you know, handle animals and some of them are really rough. They're cracking the whip and the ox, they actually use a big stick with a, sometimes a chunk of metal in the end and they would like poke the ox because they're kind of stubborn and they're not the smartest animals and And so that's how we live our life under our own yoke. Someone is goading us and causing us pain and increasing our burden and Jesus like, I'm humble and gentle and my yoke is easy. It's not hard to carry my load. Or you could keep carrying the load that you have been carrying. The yoke of surrender. Jesus offers us such a better way of life. I've got a picture here. Uh, you can see the, the ox. They've carved it out so that you know, the necks fit in there. And... Uh, some have thought that perhaps if we're talking about the ox and yoke and that Jesus is, you know, like the big ox and we're the little ox and the, the big ox basically teaches the little ox how to, how to run in the yoke and, and maybe it's that Jesus actually helps us to carry our burden. I mean, the imagery could be that. It could be the, the single yoke that a person would carry water or grain. I mean, I mean the, the issue is this, though. We either carry our own burdens or we let Jesus carry it with us. He's like, would you trust me with your life? If your life's not working right now, if it just feels overwhelming, it might be that you're just chafing under the uncomfortableness of of whatever yoke you're carrying. And Jesus offers us a better way. His yoke, his burden, his lordship, his leadership. And this is the best way to live. And so I'm inviting you today to to, to this life, the life that Jesus gives us. And of course, this is really pictured in communion, which we're going to celebrate in a moment, where we talk about what Jesus did on the cross for us. Because he made a way for us to find the rest that he wants us to experience. So I don't know where you're at today. I know in my life, even as a believer, as a pastor, as a theologically educated man, I still find myself chafing under my own burden because I just seem to pick that thing up and, and throw it back on my shoulders. Like, oh, I gotta do these things, I gotta do these things. And Jesus is like, why aren't you coming to me? Why aren't you taking my yoke upon you? And I'm like, oh, I guess I did pick up my old yoke. And, and I throw that thing down and I take Jesus' yoke on. I'm like, yeah, this is a better way, the Jesus way. So communion is a reminder of, we have received the rest of salvation. And now we are walking in the rest of surrender. My life is in God's hands. I can entrust my future, my present. He takes care of my past. Yeah, it's all in Jesus' rest. Nothing in the world will offer you, but Jesus does. That's what new life is all about, living up and out in life in Jesus Christ. And so that book, The Pilgrim's Progress, At the end, he's carrying this big weight throughout all this adventure. It's a great book to read if you can find it written in a more modern version. And at the end, he finally gets relieved of that burden. And where does he do that? At the cross of Jesus Christ. And so I want to watch this video just to capture. that. team's going to come up and prepare to lead us as we celebrate communion together. But watch this video as we kind of come to the end of this moment. This is Pilgrim discovering his rest. You have given me rest by your sorrow and life by your death. I'm going to invite you, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ today, to join us as we partake in communion together. This is a reminder of the rest that we have. Looked after our past. He's with us in the present. And He's got our future in mind as well. And communion is just the way that we physically and practically celebrate that as a community together, as a church family. And so if you believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life, I invite you to join us in this family meal. If you're still on our journey, maybe haven't quite decided what you're going to do, that's okay Just sit where you are and just watch us as we celebrate. This is kind of a family meal. But you can believe in Jesus Christ today. What happened at the cross for this, in this movie is, is, a, is symbolic of what happens to all of our lives when we come to realize that, that our sin is looked after through Jesus' death. And so we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes when we partake of the bread and the cup. If you have sin in your life today, I encourage you to confess it. And to come with a clean heart before the Lord. This is part of communion. This is a cleansing process. We're like, yeah, Lord, forgive me, all that stuff. If there's things you have to deal with that you can't deal with this morning, then just wait on communion for time, because this is an important celebration of the purity that we have in Christ. So I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to partake in communion together. Lord, thank you for this time that we have together. We thank you, Jesus, for the rest that you give us, the rest of salvation, the rest of surrender. And as we partake of this cup and of this bread, these symbols remind us of the price that you paid and the the rest that we have in you. You looked after our past, you're with us in the present, and you have our future in mind. And so just give us that peace in our soul that only comes from you as we partake in this moment together so we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna invite you, if, if you're able to, to come up the outside aisles and down the middle. If you are not able to walk or you aren't comfortable, you'd like to just stay seated, Pastor Elijah will be running around with a, a tray so that you can, he can serve you where you're seated. Just get, make, make a contact with him, a, a visual contact, so he can serve you. But if, you, if you're able and would like to, I invite you to come up the outside, pick up the cup. Jill and Tammy will serve the bread. There's also gluten-free right in the middle here. And hold on to your bread and your cup when you sit down, and we'll just send the song, and then we'll celebrate communion and the rest we have in Jesus together after everyone's received. Let's come. Let's celebrate our rest. Thank you, Amy and Joanne. Just give them a hand. like They, they are our finance people. They do a great job. And, you know... Things run so smoothly, and, and it's because we've got some solid people serving us in, in those areas. So, so thankful, and uh, they're ahead of the game on that. So, listen to what Eugene Peterson, he, he does a paraphrase of Matthew 11 in his uh, paraphrase of the Bible called The Message. This is what he says. So, hear these words as we go out from here. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to make a, take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Oh, Lord, may this be our lives this week. So give your rest to your people here, to us, Lord, as we walk with you this week. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, everybody said, amen. God bless you.